Now, in order to open the door to the future, you got to close the door from the past. The Apostle Paul said it like this. you got to forget what lies behind and reach forward to what lies ahead. You cannot have a great future unless you put a period to the past, unless you close the door of the past. I love New Year's. And I love them because it's a time of new beginnings, of fresh starts. And obviously, God uh, knew that we needed fresh starts because he gives us so many of them, doesn't he? He gives us 365 of them every year. Every 24 hours, folks, we get a new, we get a new start. We get a new beginning. Every week, we get a new beginning. Every month, we get a new beginning. Every year, new year, we get a new beginning. Every 10 years, we get a new beginning. Now, why in the world does God break up life in, smite, in, in bite-sized pieces so that we can have all these new beginnings? Because there's a lot of things that we need to leave behind. Now, the Bible compares life to a marathon race. A marathon race isn't a race that you run fast. It is an endurance race. It is a race that you run faithfully over time. For myself, I've been running the Christian life faithfully for 47 years. I gave my life to Christ when I was a sophomore in college. And I want to say faithful, not perfect. <laughs> There's a difference, right? But I've been faithful over the last 47 years to run the race. Now, serious runners... When they run the race, run a marathon race, folks, they strip down to the bare necessities. They don't want to carry a lot of baggage on them, okay? They wear as little as possible because they don't want anything to slow them down or to hold them back. God says, I want you to do the same with your life. I want you to run with as few distractions as you possibly can. I want you to run with as few limitations, hesitations, hindrances as you possibly can. I want you to leave those behind because I want you to embrace the future that I have for you. Today, as we begin a new series or begin a new year and a new decade, I want to talk about three hindrances that you and I need to remove that we need to drop, that we need to get rid of, that we need to let go of, that we need to shut the door on in order to open the door to the future. Take a look at Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1. We must get rid of everything that slows us down, especially the sin that just won't let go. And we must be determined to run the race that is ahead of us. He says, you and I need to get rid of some things that slow us down. Today, three of the most common things that hold you back that you need to let go. The first one is simply this. You must let go of your worries. I had two people approach me just in the hallway about friends and people from our church who got deployed with these 3,000 that went to the Middle East that Trump just deployed. That's something that we're going to talk about or pray about. God says, you and I must let go of our worries. Worry is emotional garbage that holds us back from spiritual maturity. 
The more you worry, the more slower you become. In fact, take a look at Proverbs 12, 25 here. Worry weighs a person down. You know the feeling, right? You feel heavy. I've got so much to do. I'm so stressed out. I feel paralyzed. I can't move. And God says, I don't want you to walk through life like that. I I don't want you to be loaded down with fear and anxiety and burdens. No, I want you to let those go so that you can run the race that is ahead of you. Take a look at Psalms 46 and verse 10 here. Let go of your concerns. Then you will know that I am God. I rule the earth. What is the correlation between Letting go of your worries and knowing that God is God. Well, here it is. Worry is an attempt to play God. When you and I worry, we are really acting like God doesn't exist. That he isn't in control. That he doesn't care. That he doesn't have any concerns for our life. And so what we do is we take matters into our own hands. Guess what? I'll be God. And I will take this on. But what happens as we take those things on, we begin to realize how huge they are, that they are truly bigger than us. And God comes along and he says, I don't want you to play God anymore. I'm God and you're not. Let it go. Now, why is it so important that we let go The past year. Because with this new year, think about this. With this new year, we're going to have new worries. They're not going to go away. And they're just going to continue to accumulate from 2019 and 2020. And when we get to 2021, there'll be 2021. Pretty soon it's going to be bigger than what you and I can handle. And God says, let it go. Let go of the past worries. In fact, let go of the worries that are happening right now in 2020 for three reasons. The first one is that worries exhaust your energy. Take a look at Psalms 55 and verse 2. I am worn out by my worries. Have you ever felt like that before? Folks, a lot of people are worn out with their worries more than work. Worry is work, except it's stewing without doing. It doesn't accomplish anything. It just exhausts you and depletes you of energy. The second reason is that worry exaggerates your problems. Take a look at Psalms 25, verse 17. My awful worries keep growing. You ever seen that happen in your life? You begin to worry about something and before long it starts to get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Someone criticizes you and you start worrying about that. And before long, you feel like the whole world is against you. Folks, I've had people come into my office, Pastor George, nobody likes me in the church. I like you. They're all worried. Worry is irrational. It is illogical. Worry doesn't solve a problem. What it does is it magnifies the problem. 
And the third reason that you and I need to let go of our worries is that it doesn't extend our life. Jesus said this in Matthew 6, 27. Will your worries add a single moment to your life? Of course the answer is no. Worry has never solved a problem. Worry is unhelpful, it is unreasonable, and folks, it's unhealthy. Actually, it shortens your life. In fact, have you ever heard someone say this? You know, that person worried themselves to death. Why? Maybe because they have. Now, I want to make this really practical for us. What I want you to do on your outline is I want you to write down what you worried the most about in 2019. Take, go ahead, do it right now, okay? I want to see those pens. Get it? Go on, go on. Write down, write down what you worried about in 2019. And if you can't think of what it was, turn to your spouse. They will tell you, okay? Because they know exactly what you worried about. It may have been your health. It may have been your job. It may have been your career. It may have been your finances. It may have been the stock market. Folks, it could be anything. I just want you to write it down. The reason why I ask you to write it down is because here is a principle of life. And you might write this down. You can't release it until you recognize it. You can't release it until you recognize it. One of the reasons that we get so stressed out in life is that we have a vague feeling or feelings. Something's wrong. But I don't know what it is. General anxiety is harder to deal with than specific anxiety. Folks, it's a lot easier to deal with a specific worry than it is a general worry. So what do you do? You got to recognize it. You got to write it down. Now, a reason why we have a hard time writing things down, huh, I'll tell you why. And because someone is looking up, may look over your shoulders, oh, you're worried about that, man, you're a real sinner, Okay. No, the real reason why we have a hard time recognizing and writing down what we are anxious about is because we rarely recognize in ourselves the emotional baggage that we are carrying. And you want to know what happens when we don't recognize that and we carry that emotional stuff with us? Is that we take that into our relationships. And then what happens to our relationships? They begin to get weighed down. They get so heavy with things, there's the stress and the tension that they begin to break. Folks, you and I have a hard time recognizing the worry that oftentimes that we are carrying around with us. In fact, there are two fundamental truths about recognition. One is that we, it, it's almost always takes somebody else to spot the emotional worries that we are carrying because we very seldom see it ourselves. The second truth is that it almost always takes a confrontation with someone who loves you enough to say, this is madness. Let it go, will you? 
That's why we need community. Do you have relationships in community that can say to you, let it go? This is crazy. Just let it go. Do you have anyone in your life that can see what you can't see? And you've given them the permission to speak into your life. I don't want you to miss this series, Time to Dream. Because we're going to talk about authentic relationships. So what does God want us to do? We'll take a look at Psalms 55, verse 22. Give your worries to the Lord and he will take care of you. How do you do that? Will you write this down? Reflective prayer. Reflective prayer is where you recognize and then you release. It is the only way that you get rid of worry. You don't get rid of worry through therapy or fads or diets or pills or conferences. You get rid of worry through prayer, through reflective prayer. If you and I prayed more, we would worry less. And if you see your worry quotient going up, it's only because you and I aren't having reflective prayer where we are recognizing things and releasing them to God through prayer. Take a look at uh, Philippians 4. It's my wife's favorite verse. Portion in, in Philippians 4. Instead of worrying, pray. Let your petitions and praise shape your worries in, into prayers. Letting God know your concerns. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. Folks, before you and I waste another day of 2020, this new decade that God is giving us, you and I need to have some reflective prayer. And I've asked Marty to come up and to pray for us. So will you stand? Because we're going to pray for our concerns. We're going to pray for you and your concerns and all of our concerns. Let's pray. I just want you first to imagine all your worries and all your cares just in the palms of your hand. And I want you to just lift your hand up to heaven as we surrender to God those cares and those anxieties. Father, we just lift up your holy name and we say, God, as people, uh, that sometimes we've become frail, maybe because of things that have happened, life, the cares of this world, Lord, that try to choke out the truth. And we surrender all of these anxieties to you right now in the name of Jesus, Lord. We lay them down and we replace that with your perfect love that cast out all fear. And God, we just receive that perfect love right now. And Lord, we don't want to live a life of fear and worry and monopolize our time, Lord, and not grow in spiritual truth. So we are asking God that your Holy Spirit would be bigger than our flesh, bigger than our fears, bigger than our worries, and that you, God, would take control, that you, God, because you hold tomorrow, we don't. Mm -hmm. In every concern of our life, our family, our future, our finances, whatever it is, God, we lay it down right now at your feet. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. you got to close the door of the past 
in order to embrace and open the doors of the future. The first hindrance is worry. The second one is wounds or wounds. And when I talk about wounds, I'm not talking about physical wounds. I am talking about emotional wounds. There are a lot of things that wound us emotionally. Maybe you were wounded because someone lied to you that was close to you. Maybe it was a promise broken that wounded you. Maybe it was a conflict with a friend or a family member. And in the heat of that discussion, it became an argument and some angry words were spoken that wounded you. Maybe you were wounded by a betrayal or a rejection or a misunderstanding. Folks, do you realize that you can be wounded by being devalued? You can be wounded by being overlooked. You can be wounded by being disappointed. Folks, you can be wounded through loneliness. Folks, there are a lot of things that emotionally wound us. That we hold within. That, 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 that we need to close the door on. That we need to, to, to put a period to. That we need to let go. David talks about this. Take a look at, at Psalms 109 verse 22. My heart is wounded within me. Will you circle that word within? You see, internal wounds oftentimes are a whole lot more damaging than physical wounds. Emotional wounds oftentimes take more time to heal, for instance, than physical wounds. Let me give you an example. Do you remember the, the cuts and bruises that you got as a kid on the playgrounds when you were growing up? My guess is not. But I bet you, you remember those cutting words that that bully said to you, or that teacher, or that parent said about you. You were labeled by those words, weren't you? And they hurt. And those words are still with you today on the inside. Emotional wounds we remember a whole lot longer and more vivid in our mind than we do physical wounds. Have you ever wondered why that's the case? I'll tell you why. It's because we rehearse them again and again and again and again and again in our minds. Guess what? Stop doing that. That's not smart. The past is past. The people who have hurt you in the past are no longer able to do that unless you give them permission in your mind to do that. And the way that you do that is by rehearsing it over and over and over again. Close the door on it. It's not smart to do that. You have a choice. You can let it go. When you rehearse a hurt, you are actually holding on to that hurt. And you're carrying it into a new decade. Now you want to know there's a word for that. It's called resentment. Do you know one of the meanings for resentment is this? To cut again. That's what one of the meanings is to resentment. To cut again. Every time you resent something, you are cutting yourself again. 
You are reopening the wound. Every time you think of that person who has hurt you, you are reopening that wound. You are recutting yourself. And so the result is perpetual pain. I had a cold a few weeks ago. I seek to run six miles a day, except for Tuesdays. Okay? I had a cold. And I decided, okay, I'm going to run. I'm going to work this out of my system. It generally takes me about 45 minutes. It took me a whole lot longer. Why? Because I wasn't feeling good. When you're in pain, you can't run as far and you can't run as well. And when you and I rehearse things over in our mind, we are living in a perpetual state of pain that will hinder us from opening the door to the future that God has for us. And so I suggest this. Instead of saying to yourself, I'm never going to think of that again. But by the way, you will. So don't tell yourself that, okay? But instead of saying, I'm never going to think about that. When that thought pops up, change the channels. Choose to think about something different. Choose to think about the preferred future that God would have for you. I am not going to replay that hurt. I am not going to replay that, that tape. Because when I do, it's not cutting them, it's cutting me. And I'm no masochist. I'm going to let it go and I'm going to give it to God. Take a look at Psalms 37, verse 8. Let go of anger and leave your rage behind do not be preoccupied, it only leads to evil. Will you circle preoccupied? What's he talking about there? He's talking about being preoccupied with resentment and bitterness. So he's saying, don't let your mind go back to the scene of the crime. Don't do that. Let it go. Don't return to it again and again. Why is this so important? Because you can't relate to the future if you're always rehearing and rehearsing and reacting to the past. God has a future for you. But like the Apostle Paul said, you got to forget what lies behind. You got to forget the worries. You got to forget the wounds. You may even have to forget some of the accomplishments, the work that you have done. You forget so that you can move in to 2020. Truly bitterness and resentment is like trying to drive a car forward by only looking at the rearview mirror. And you will get wrecked, you will have a wreck in the present and you definitely won't reach your preferred destiny, okay? <laughs> so what hurts? Do you have of 2019 that you need to let go of? Don't you think that you've heard enough? Don't you think it's time to stop the pain? How do you do that? How do you let go of your wounds? Well, if you can only let go of your worries through reflective prayer, you and I can only let go of our wounds through repeated forgiveness. 
There's no other way that you can let go of your wounds other than repeated forgiveness. I don't care what kind of therapy you may be going through right now or books that you've read or conferences that you will attend. There's only one thing that will enable you to embrace the future, to let go of the worries, to put, a, put those in the past, to close the door on that. And that is through repeated forgiveness. Now, you may sit here and you may say, well, Pastor George, that's just not fair. And I would say, you're right. It isn't fair. But it, but was it fair of God to forgive you of what you did? God's forgiven you. You see, you and I forgive really for three reasons. One is because God said to. Number two is because God's forgiven you. But number three, don't you want to feel better? Folks, you and I have to, we have to get rid of the clothes. We got to get rid of those things that weigh us down. But we also have to feel good on the inside. And you forgive people not because it makes them feel better. You forgive people because it makes you feel better. Resentment doesn't hurt them. It hurts you. And so you forgive them because you just want to feel better. And I guarantee you this. If you feel better, you will run a whole lot further. And you will run a whole lot faster. And you will be able to embrace the new decade that God is laying out before you. Take a look at Job 18, verse 4. You are only hurting yourself with your anger. Release your hurt for your benefit. Take a look at Ephesians 4, 31 and 32. Get rid of all bitterness. No more hateful feelings of any sort. Instead, forgive one another as God has forgiven you through Christ Jesus. Will you circle the word all? Before you go one more day into the, into the new decade of 2020, who do you need to forgive? Who do you need to let go? Pastor George, I just don't know if I have the strength to do that. Well, welcome to the human race. None of us do, okay? But Jesus Christ gives us the strength. Take a look at Psalms 147. God heals. Circle that. I don't heal. God heals. God heals the brokenhearted and bandages their wounds. That is what Jesus Christ will do for you. Marty, will you come up here? We're going to pray for you. We want 2020 to be a new decade for all of us. Marty. So what I want you to do is put your hand on your heart. And I want you to imagine the wounds, the hurts, the pain, the rejection. And I want you to just agree with me in this prayer as I pray for us. Father, we just lift up all of our wounds, our hurts, our pains, our sin, our betrayal, rejection, loss, abuse, bitterness, shame, hurt, anger, guilt, and self-pity. And Father, we just ask you, Lord, that you would heal us, that you would bind our broken hearts. Because God, that's what you promise us in your word, that you bind the broken hearts. Lord, help us to forgive. And as Pastor George said, not to continue to rehearse the pain 
the anxiety of what we've gone through, but to remember, Lord, that you are embracing us, that you are loving us through any difficulties that we've faced, and that you promise us, Lord, in your word, that you will take these things that were meant for evil, and you'll turn them around for good in us. And we believe you, and we trust your word more than we trust how we feel. And we give you this, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, there's one more hindrance, one more thing that we need to let go of, one more thing that we need to put a period to, one more thing that we need to close the door on in order to open the door to a new decade. And it is this, our wrongs. We let go of our worries through reflective prayer. We let go of our wounds through repeated forgiveness. And we let go of our wounds, and you might as well fill this in, through regular confession. We're going to do communion a little different. We're going to do it intentionally in a moment. Meaning that we're not going to serve it. We're going to give you an opportunity to reflect, to forgive, and to confess. And when you feel like you've had that time to do those things, you're going to come up and you're going to grab the elements, and they're together, and you're going to, I'm going to ask you to take it back to your seat and then wait until basically all of us who are going to do that have done it. We'll listen to a song, and then we'll take the communion together. You and I need to let go of our wrongs, our sins, our mistakes, our flops, failures, and fumbles, our regrets in life. You don't want to be dragging that guilt in to the new decade. You need to deal with it. You need to come clean. How do you come clean? Why is it important to be clean? Well, for a number of reasons. One is that guilt disconnects you from God. As you're running the race, folks, you got to be connected to the power source. Do you ever feel like God is distant in your life? Has that ever happened to you? Has that ever felt like God's a gazillion miles away? Well, guess what? Guess who moved? <laughs> Wasn't God. Take a look at Isaiah 59.2. Your wrongs have separated you. Your wrongs, not his. From your God and your sins have made him hide his face so that he doesn't hear you. Folks, you and I have moved from God. Let me ask you a deep theological question here. How, how often do you take out your garbage in your house? It's a deep theological question. Right? Right up there with that movie, What About Bob? You just take out your trash once a year. If you do, your house stinks. I am constantly going out to the trash. Every time I get home, there is a bag sitting there. My wife is constantly picking up the trash, especially as we're in the cold season, blowing our nose, those get thrown in the trash. And I take them out on a regular basis. Folks, in the same way, you need to take out your spiritual garbage on a regular basis. I would suggest to you, that on a regular basis, you ask God this question. God, is there anything between you and me? And if there is, you confess it. 
Why? Because guilt disconnects you from God. The second reason is that guilt depresses you. Psalms 32, verse 3. David's talking about his own sin. When I refused to confess my sin, I was weak and miserable, and I groaned all day long. Folks, nothing makes you more miserable than hidden guilt. It's absolutely impossible to be happy and guilty at the same time. In fact, hidden guilt is one of the primary drives of why people wear masks. And that mask may be drinking, it may be partying, it may be sports. But what oftentimes is behind it is hidden guilt and they just want to feel better. Guilt depresses us and it causes us to wear masks. The third one is that it dominates our thinking. Take a look at Psalms 51 verse 3. I know about my wrongs and I can't forget my sin. When you feel guilty, folks, it's hard to think about the future, isn't it? Because your past wrongs keep popping up again and again and again. They're kind of like ping pong balls. Picture a, a, a swimming pool with, I don't know, 10, 1,500 ping pong balls that you're trying to hold at the bottom of, of the pool. And, all, and you can't, and they just keep popping up, pop, 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 like that. What do you do? You got a clean house. How do you do that? Through regular confession. If reflective prayer gets rid of my worries, and if repeated forgiveness gets rid of my wounds, then regular confession gets rid of my wrongs. The word confess in the Greek is homologeo. It means to speak the same. It mean, in other words, you have to be on the same page that God is. And so you say, God, I want to know. We're going to be on the same page this year. You were right, and I was wrong. And when we do that, God says, we just closed the door on that. I'm going to open the door for the future for you. Take a look at 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all the wrongs we have done. Will you circle all? God forgives 100% of them 100% of the time. Now sometimes, when you're fishing, how many fishermen do we have here? May I see your hands? My son is a big, avid fisherman. My grandson, is, he's being raised right. I mean, they go fishing probably every other week. I was at Bass Pro Shop just yesterday. It's just cool to walk around. You feel like a man. <laughs> Someone says, can I help you? No, I shouldn't really be in here. <laughs> but when you fish, sometimes your, your line gets all tangled up like a ball of yarn, Right? Does that ever happen to you? What do you do when that happens? It's impossible to untangle it. You cut it. And you let it go. And you get a new line. You and I, we need a new line. We got a new decade ahead of us. We're going to march through it. 
and we're going to glorify God, and it's going to be good for our spiritual family. How are we going to start? By letting go, cutting the line of our worries, cutting the line of our wounds, and cutting the line of our wrongs. God says in his word that if we confess our sins, that he'll forgive us all of our sins. Let's pray. Lord, I just thank you. I thank you for your tender ways working with us, God. That you know that we are like a dimly burning wick that can be easily blown out. And you don't blow it out. God, you know our frame, that we're but dust. And so you're kind and gracious. And you've communicated all that to us through your son, Jesus Christ. Ultimately, dying on the cross for that which should have separated us for all eternity. And we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your forgiveness. We thank you, God, for who you are, for your ways. And we want to be those who walk in it, who run in it, God. Leaving what needs to be left behind so that we can embrace all those things that you have for us in the future, God. And so we thank you. It's in your son's name we pray this. Amen.